0: You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 35 West Shelton Avenue. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church.
1: So, yes, uh, I am going to break the ice uh, uh, in just a moment, passing the peace question. Uh, But yes, my name is Aaron Bergman, and uh, my pronouns are he, him. Um, I do want to offer... trigger warning, in that uh, I'm going to be reading some, we are going to be reading some passages from the Bible, and um, and they do contain uh, sexual assault, attempted rape, domestic violence, so uh, if that's a trigger for you, I want you to, uh, to just do what you need to do to take care of yourself and your body and your uh, soul and spirit in this time. Um, I've been here at Circle for about five years, and if I don't know you already, then I look forward to getting to know you better. Uh, As Julie said, I I am a teacher by trade. I'm also, I wanna put on the table that I'm a theologically untrained white cisgender male, speaking in a series of uh, uh, marginalized women. So uh, rather than bring my own thoughts to the table, I'd like to help facilitate a discussion around the work of someone whose voice is way much more uh, suitable for this series on marginalized women. And so we've got a slide. Um. Perhaps the next slide, there it is. Uh, That's uh, Dr. Love Lazarus Seacrest was a professor at Fuller Theological Seminary where my wife Corinne uh, was earning her Masters of Divinity there. Uh, my wife spoke from, uh, oh, sorry, Dr. Seacrest recently wrote a book, it's called Race and Rhyme, from which my wife spoke a few weeks ago and uh, about the women at the well, and I think it's my job not to, like, bring my own thoughts, but to perhaps present a kind of a Cliff Cliff Notes version of this book, and uh, bring Dr. Seacrest's voice uh, into the room, and let it meet our own thoughts. So, uh, as we process. So I, I hope, that you, uh, hope that you engage. Um, I'm going to give you some questions and, uh, and for you to, to talk with the people maybe sitting next to you or nearby. Uh, Dr. Seacrest writes a powerful and wide-sweeping book that examines uh, current and biblical race relations. Uh, but she fundamentally centers around a question that I'm going to give to you. So if I had to take this entire book and turn it into, like, an icebreaker, get-to-know-you-pass-the-piece kind of a question, it would be this. And uh, there it is. Uh, How is history repeating itself today? And what does the Bible say we should do about it? It's like the whole book. So, here we go. I'm going to give you maybe a few minutes right now. Look around, maybe find an elbow partner, that you're gonna talk uh, about this question, your initial amusings and thoughts. How is history repeating itself, even today? And what do you think the Bible says we should do about it? D- don't forget to introduce yourself and, and uh, share your name and, and who you are. All right, uh, I'm, I'm so happy to see that people uh, just kind of dove right in and there were, had plenty to talk about. Don't worry, if you didn't finish your thoughts, I'm going to give you uh, three more opportunities to to come back to these same people and keep on discussing the same question. Uh, But Dr. Seacrest gives us an example of history repeating itself three times, once in the Old Testament, once in the New Testament, and then a current event. And the New Testament story I'd like to share is the woman caught in the act of adultery. From John 8. I'll I'll just call her the woman. Uh, The woman's story doesn't actually appear in the earliest written gospel of John, but there is plenty of evidence that it's being part of it like an oral tradition of the day. And so regardless of uh, where it exactly comes from, nobody doubts it uh, as a story that's like worthy of church retelling. But actually, I'd like to start in the Old Testament. And I'd like like to actually read to you a story that you might not know. It's called Susanna and the Elders. Now, Susanna is actually not found in most Protestant Bibles, which is probably why you've never heard of it. Uh, But if you read a Catholic Bible or an Orthodox Bible, then it's in the book of Daniel. Uh, He's actually one of the characters in the story. And even though the story of Susanna may or may not have been tacked on to Daniel uh, by some second author at a later date, uh, nobody doubts that it's a story that is useful to retell in a faith context. So I, I asked my wife, who's been to seminary, had she heard this story? And she said no. And uh, there's, like, I had never heard this story either. Susanna, raise your hand. Anyone ever hear of Susanna and the elders? No, because we're in a Protestant church. But uh, perhaps if you, if you were a Catholic, you uh, or a Catholic, uh, like it is part of the Catholic tradition and part of the Orthodox tradition as well. Okay, so I'm gonna actually read it to you. Here we go. There was a man living in Babylon named Joachim. He married a woman named Susanna, daughter of Hilkiah, who was very beautiful and God-fearing. Her parents were also righteous and taught their daughter according to the law of Moses. Joachim was very wealthy and had a garden attached to his house. The Jews came to him because he was honored over all. That same year, two elders were appointed from the people as judges. And about these men, the master had said, Lawlessness comes from Babylon, from these elders who were judges who were supposed to govern their people and they stayed in Joachim's house so anyone having lawsuits came to them there and it happened that when the people left at midday Susanna (coughs) Susanna would walk in her husband's garden Daily, the two elders saw her going into the garden and walking around. They lusted after her. They corrupted their thinking and avoided looking toward heaven or remembering their duty to judge rightly. They were both riveted by her, but they did not want to tell each other of their affliction. They were ashamed to talk of their lust because they wanted to have sex with her. Day after day, they eagerly spied on her. And one day they said to each other, let us go home now because it is time to eat. And they left, separating from each other. But turning back, they each came back, meeting at the same place, pressing each other for a reason. They confessed their lust. And then plotted together for a time about when they could get her alone. As they were watching for a suitable day, she entered the garden with only two girls, like she'd done the day before and the third day before that. She wanted to bathe in the garden because it was hot. There was no one there except the two elders who were hiding so that they could watch. And she said to the girls, Bring me oil and perfume and shut the door of the garden so that I can bathe. They did as she asked, and shutting the door of the garden, they left by the side door to bring the things that she ordered them to get. And they did not see the two elders because they were hiding. When the girls left, the two elders rose and ran over to her. They said, Look here. The doors of the garden are shut, and no one sees us. However, we are lusting for you, so give your consent and have sex with us. If you don't, we will swear against you that you are having sex with a young man, which is why you sent the girls away from you. Susanna sighed deeply and said, I'm, "'I'm trapped. "'If I do this, they will kill me for adultery. "'And if I don't consent, "'I still won't be able to escape you. "'I choose not to do this. "'I'd rather fall into your hands than sin before the Lord.' "'Then Susanna screamed loudly.' And the two elders shouted out too, one of them running to open the door of the garden. When the people in the house heard the shouting in the garden, they rushed out to the side door to see what had happened to her. When the elders told their story, the slaves were mortified because no one had ever said something like this about Susanna. The next day, when the people gathered at Joachim's house, the two elders came with a devious intention of putting Susanna to death. They said in front of everyone, send for Susanna, the daughter of Hilkiah, who is the wife of Joachim. So the people sent for her, and she came with her parents, her children, and her relatives. And now, Susanna was very voluptuous and stunning in appearance. Because she was covered up, those lawless elders ordered her stripped because they wanted to get satisfaction by looking at her beauty. Then those who were with her and everyone who saw her wept. Rising, the two elders placed her in front of everyone and laid hands on her head while the weeping woman stared up into heaven for her heart trusted in the Lord. Then the elders said, while we were walking alone in the garden, she came in with two female slaves and shut the doors of the garden and sent the slaves away. Then a young man came to her who had been hidden, and he went to bed with her. Since we were in the corner of the garden watching this lawless deed, we ran to them, and although we saw them having sex, we were not able to capture him because he was stronger than us. He opened the door and rushed out. We grabbed hold of her and asked her who the young man was, but she did not want to tell us. This concludes our testimony the assembly believed them because they were elders and judges. So they condemned her to death. And then Susanna cried out loudly, O eternal God, you know what is hidden and you see all things before it happens. You know that their testimony against me is false. Look, I'm about to die, but haven't done anything any of the things in the wicked charges against me then the lord attended to her voice just as they were leading her away to execute her god stirred up the holy spirit and a young boy named daniel daniel shouted out i want nothing to do with this woman's blood All the people turned to him and said, What are you talking about? Standing among the people, he said, You foolish Israelites! Are you going to judge a fellow Israelite woman without knowing the facts? Or making an inquiry? Go back to court! These men have lied in their testimony against her! So all the people hurried back, and the other elders said to him, Sit with us and tell us what gift of insight God has given to you. Daniel said to them, Separate them from each other and I will cross-examine them. After being separated, he summoned one of them and said, You evil, dirty old man with an evil past. Now your past sins have caught up with you. You are making unjust verdicts, condemning the innocent and exonerating the guilty, all while the Lord decreed that you should not kill the innocent or righteous. And then he said to him, If you saw them being intimate, under what kind of tree did you see them with each other? And the the elder said, "Uh, Under a mastic tree. Then Daniel said, truly you are lying through your teeth. The angel of the Lord has already received a sentence from God to cut you in two. Then turning from that elder, he ordered them to bring in the other one. He said to him, you are a Canaanite and not a true Jehudite. Beauty has seduced you and lust has corrupted your heart. You did the same thing to the Israelite women, but they gave in and slept with you in fear. But a Jehudite woman did not put up with your wickedness. So now tell me, under what kind of tree did you catch them being intimate with each other? The elder said, "Uh, under an evergreen oak. Daniel said to him, truly you are lying through your teeth the angel of God stands holding a sword to slice you in two and utterly destroy you both. Then the whole assembly shouted out with loud noise and blessed the God who saves those who keep hope in God. They arose against the two elders because Daniel got them to exhibit their lying from their own mouths. Then they did to the two elders what they wickedly planned to do to their neighbor. They did what the law of Moses required and killed them. That day, innocent blood was saved. Hilkiah and his wife praised God for their daughter, Susanna, with Joachim, her husband, and all their relatives because she was not found guilty in this matter. Daniel became greatly admired among the people from that day onward. That's the story of Susanna and the elders. So let's take a minute of thoughtful silence to remember our central questions. Think to yourself now. How is history repeating itself today? And what does the Bible say we should do about it? Could I have the next slide, please? And perhaps I could get a volunteer from the congregation to read this next passage out loud to us. They each went to his own
2: house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him, and they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who was out sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on,
1: sin no more. Thanks, Phil. Let's take another minute of thoughtful silence to remember our central questions. How is history repeating itself even today? And what does the Bible say we should do about it? And why don't you uh, share your thoughts with the person you're sitting next to? How is history repeating itself, and what do you think the Bible says we should do about it? Thank you for uh, sharing. So good to hear people uh, discussing and talking about the commonalities between these two stories. And don't worry, um, you're going to have one more time to come back and, and get, put some uh, more uh, meat on the sandwich of that conversation you were having. Uh, but Dr. Seacrest uh, puts the stories of Susanna and the woman next to the story of Marissa Alexander from our present-day context. And uh, here's a video about her. In order to illustrate the racial and gender iniquities in the United States incarceration system, and also in the school to pipeline, school to prison pipeline, Dr. Seacrest in her book cites a, a wealth of heartbreaking statistics, research, and stories just like Marissa's. Uh, here's one of her infographics. I'm, I apologize, you probably can't see very well from all the way back there, but it shows you uh, um, rates of incarceration broken down under gender and racial uh, subgroups. So one more time, and taking into light all three stories, Suzanne and the elders, the woman's story from John eight, and Marissa Alexander's story, go ahead and talk about our central questions. How is history repeating itself even today? And what does the Bible say we should do about it? Oh, sure. Um, Marissa, Marissa Alexander, uh, nine days after giving birth to one of her children, uh, went to the home, uh, oh, sorry, had an encounter in her home with an estranged uh, former husband, which she had an restraining order against. Uh, There was some uh, exchange of words, and then Marissa tried to flee, but her her truck was trapped in in her garage. And so instead, uh, she grabbed grabbed a gun, which she uh, owned and had license to own. And when she encountered uh, the man who used to be her husband, uh, and who who had also, um, it didn't say in the video, but had also uh, had a well-documented history of domestic violence and abuse. With multiple women Not just Marissa Alexander uh, So when she finally encountered him again She fired a single warning shot uh, Into the air Her husband Her estranged husband uh, Called 911 and accused her of um, Of uh, and accused her of uh, Attempting to kill him uh, And so 911 responded Arrested her And And uh, put her behind bars and she was uh, tried and convicted uh, for aggravated assault. Um, The defense that she used was the same that George Zimmerman used, uh, the stand your grounds and, uh, and the judge dismissed it on a technicality. And so she was sentenced and then a grassroots organization uh, raised awareness and eventually the the case was thrown out on a technicality. So that's the short, short, I think that that summarized most of it. Uh, So go ahead and now uh, talk about how is history repeating itself even today and what does the Bible say we should do about it? All right. Uh, I'm so glad to hear that people had just more and more to talk about. And that's good. Uh, I'd like to enter. I'd like to do things a little out of order. I hope you don't mind. I'd like to enter into a space we call talk back. So uh, and then after you talk, so I'd like to hear what people are talking about, what's on your heart, what you've been discussing. And I think it'd be worthwhile to share with everyone. So let's talk back now. And then I'm going to end with... uh, what Dr. Seacrest, who wrote the book, would say about these three stories. Who, what, and she was the one who lined them all up in her book. She said, here's Susanna, here's the woman, and here is Marissa Alexander. Um, so I'd like to hear what you have to say first.
3: I was just sitting with the story and talking um, with our group. The thing that I am sitting the most in, I'm actually kinda of still mourning a little bit because throughout that story of Susanna, there was never uh, maybe I and Aaron, please correct me if I didn't hear you correctly, but there was never a mention of what does Susanna think? What 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 was Susanna's account? And I as as a as someone who identifies he, him pronouns as identifies as a transgender man, I thought a lot about the power that was just assumed on the part of the elders but even like yes I'm thankful for Daniel kind of step, standing up but like he still like it still feels like kind of missed the boat here you know and um, uh, I think about that a lot in, t- in this day and age um, I think about that a lot in terms of how we are um, as Allison said so preoccupied with kind of s- uh, sexual related sins but also like this kind of thirst for justice at the expense of, of those who were truly harmed. Um, so, and, and Brandy made a good point also, like no one asked the account of the, the uh, other women that were with, uh, <laughs> that were with Susanna. So it, to me, like that is what I sit with a lot because I, I see that time and time again um, in, in today's culture
1: you're you're right you heard well no one asked Susanna so Susanna what you what did happen and I'll piggyback on that no one asked the woman in John 8 what happened either
2: I think one of the things that that stuck out to me was that the um, like in each case the the people who are being accused were always like disempowered at the mercy of their accusers So, so they're at the mercy of the the two elders they're she's at the mercy of like the, the, the religious leader religious leaders and marissa is at the mercy of a justice system that does not want to allow her to use the same defense that has been used to like abused for like much more horrific crimes uh, they're, they're both setting the boundaries of how they're able to defend themselves and also accusing and also setting the punishment
1: yeah, I agree.
0: Um, what's sad uh, to me is like something that I've been seeing a lot is like people coming out against like the phrase like all men are da 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 da, mostly men saying that. Um, but like the counter response to that being like not not all men, but all women have experienced, or all femme-presenting people have experienced some situation in which they've like felt unsafe or like experienced like a wide range of like harassment and like all of these things so it's like yeah not all of the men in these stories were doing harmful things and like the cause of these things but all of the women in these stories and a lot of the women in the bible in general have experienced some of these things um not all of the all of the men were benefiting from some sort of power structure and like Daniel did speak out, but like God literally had to do something to him <laughs> in order for that to happen, and like it's not—it's not all of the men were like super bad, but like all of the women here were experiencing that. So, it's just like something that stood out to me.
1: So, I'd like to invite. Um, actually, I'd like to invite the team back up. Um, And I'd like to give Dr. Seacrest the final word by reading some of the ideas and the quotes from her book. Uh, These are all gendered stories of control and power. And these are all stories of women who were abused and punished by the systems that are supposed to protect them. All three stories uh, have uh, have people in power who claim to have, caught the women in the very act of a deed that violates um, a man's picture of a controlled woman. All three stories, in all three stories, the man or the partner um, who is supposed to... uh, The the counterparts to the woman, the man, is not available for judgment at all. All three stories involve old, overly scrutinized women uh, up for public humiliation and, uh, and are even sexually assaulted throughout the judicial process. All three women are pressured or tempted into sin in some way. Um, the, uh, Marissa, I, maybe I didn't say it in the recap, but Marissa Alexander uh, was, uh, an, I think the video said it like, very quickly, uh, she was pressured into a plea bargain to admit her guilt and therefore uh, given a much shorter sentence. Uh, and there are stats on, on uh, the, in- the injustice and the racial injustice and the gender injustice uh, on plea bargaining and its, um, and its effect on, the impa- on people who are disenfranchised and disempowered. Um. In all three stories, the judicial process is not like blind or not a fair process. Like We have this picture of a uh, blind lady justice who will, uh, who will figure out the, the innocent from the guilty. No, that's not. The, the judicial process instead is presented as a, as a game where the powerless are more or less, less going to lose. You have to game the system in order to win. Um, The stand-your-ground law in Florida that failed to protect Marissa Alexander uh, is a law that does uh, protect someone with more power or more credibility, a a white man. And uh, similarly to the stand-your-ground law, the the law in Deuteronomy chapter 22 that says that you should stone... uh, a uh, man and woman, who are caught in adultery, actually has a, a verse in it that says, but if the woman yells out, then you should not stone the woman, but only the man. As in, if the woman is yelling out because she's being raped. And that's precisely why Susanna yells out. She screams, hoping that Deuteronomy 22 will protect her, and in fact, it still traps her. Uh, The U.S. prison system often assumes that women uh, under assault or even under sexual assault will behave in very prescribed ways. They don't expect that a woman's going to grab a gun to to protect herself. And uh, in Marissa's case, when she did, then it, um, it failed to protect her. All three of these stories need righteous mediators who can intercede on behalf of the powerful forces arrayed against these hapless defendants. And when you center these these women and read their stories together, these women seem less like sinners and more like those sinned against. Someone who looks guilty may be the product of an unbearable pressure on the most vulnerable, and it really prompts us to inquire about those who are not appearing before the judge. Dr. Seacrest, lastly, categorizes these stories as uh, cautionary tales for Christians who are cultivating a posture about crime and punishment given the unequal justice for blacks, indigenous peoples, and the Latinx community. Thank you for participating, and I'm gonna give it back over to the team.
0: Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at Circle of Hope Net.